but a lot of people don't have the mindset of like investing in an asset that will produce more. And so we're on this like treadmill, this rat race of, of making money and then consuming it. And one thing that I write about in my book is every time you spend a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, but you lose what that dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is David Bloom, and I'm with my co-host, Alan Briggs. Hey, man. I love podcasting. Let me just say, I love having conversations with you on the air, and I always look forward to it, man. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I love hearing how these affect people and, and impact leaders. Yeah, me too. It's crazy that we're past 100 episodes at this point, and it's still kind of that moment where I was pinching myself. Just this journey has been phenomenal, doing two episodes a week and just the amazing conversations that we get to have. So we're bringing you a new uh, conversation that we think is crucial. And unfortunately, and I'll speak for myself, pastors don't always talk about this or or live some of this stuff out well. We tend to avoid these conversations, and it's it has to do with finances, um, healthy financial planning. And it's really a part of our personal and leadership health. If we don't have a grasp on this and um, healthy practices and rhythms around money, it is going to bring all sorts of unneeded stress and torment to our worlds. And so uh, this is a a crucial uh, topic for leaders. And Alan, you had this conversation. Why don't you open up a little bit about what you talked about? Yeah. So um, Caleb Williams, he's coming on the podcast for this conversation. He's just one of those young guys. It's like, how did you get so wise? And he literally had the keys of the investment portion of this bank turned over over to him at 19 years old. So of course I asked questions about that. What led you up to this? And he's seen just an amazing amount of influence. Um, He's got a book as well. um, That's, you know, you, you can see in the show notes and his website. And, and I read through that recently and it's just unbelievable how God has prepared him as a kingdom leader. He has a massive heart to unleash people, to be the people that God designed them to be. But I don't believe we can fully be that without finances taken care of because we're really kind of slave to the moment. Um, The thing that we need to remember is that this topic was crucial and then COVID hit and it's even more crucial. Mm -hmm. I've had dozens of conversations with leaders over the last few weeks and months saying, how are your finances? How are the finances of your business? Are you guys going to be okay? How's your church doing? And because as a coach, I have access to the sort of deep details of people's lives, they're sharing how that's impacted them and, and how that's affected them. So that's just a big deal. Um, right now, I think it's very timely for this moment. It's a piece of health. And we are all about leaders getting healthy and reaching more impact. We are not financial experts, and we're the first ones to share that. But we desperately need to tap into financial experts in that. So, David, I know that this has been a big one for you and Suze to really think through, and you've made some good progress in the last year. Talk about how that's that's helped you live more into your unique design. We sat down with a financial advisor, and he it was about a three-hour-long conversation, and basically he helped us develop a roadmap. And we see this in coaching, that when there's clarity, and Alan, you say this all the time, when clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. And it's the same exact thing with our finances. When we don't have a budget, when we don't have clarity of where our money goes or where it's invested, and it's kind of just this haphazard thing, it is a source of of stress, at least for me and for Suze. And so for us to put it all down on paper, to have someone walk us through and say, yeah, this is a solid plan. Um, this is kind of your, 
you know, next steps for what you can do with your money, how you can invest it, um, how you can budget it. That was so liberating for us because we've always felt tight. I mean, we were missionaries for a while when we were uh, church planting, we raised support. Um, generally you don't go into church planting for the big bucks. So we've always and if just you did, you feel like, like you really got gypped. Like, yeah, I thought this yeah, was the way. Yeah, whoever's listening and that's your plan, um, turn around. That's not really uh, someone the, lied the source to you. of. Yeah, someone lied to you. So it, we've always kind of felt tight, and it's really easy for ministry leaders to kind of be financial martyrs. Which what I didn't yeah. realize is is how much um, I guess how much clarity helped me realize that we we're, we're kind of in a better position than we realized. Um, and we were just assuming a lot of things that wasn't helping us in any way. So if, if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to reach out. I mean, we do coaching that brings clarity to all sorts of areas of your life. Uh, we generally don't do financial coaching, but, uh, we've had some kind of contractors come alongside of us and our team to help provide it because it's a, it's an important part of your life uh, as an individual, but also as, as a leader. Yeah, huge. I mean, for this season, we opened up um, financial recovery coaching. If you feel like something changed uh, in your finances, which it has for most leaders right now, if something changed in your personal finances or the finances of your organization, we've partnered with an incredible coach and consultant financially to be able to do that at a discounted rate. You can find that stayforth.com backslash coaching. So on our coaching page, you can find that. But the goal of this is not, is not to sell coaching through that. We actually don't make much money from that. That's just a service we're providing. It's to get you to think about this area. It won't naturally think about itself. It won't naturally come into focus. It's one that I've been guilty of running from before, having a scarcity mentality and saying, you know, I want to be generous, but really I was dealing with my finances with scarcity during different seasons of my life. And Julie and I have made a lot of progress in this area, but it's one of those that I think we're just going to have to be honest and frank with. And I love the honesty with which Caleb approaches this conversation. Again, this is one of those timeless conversations, but it's incredibly timely right now. Let me just say this. If you have made poor financial decisions, you are human. All of us have made poor financial Mm -hmm. decisions. Shame and guilt can eat you it can eat away at your heart during this time in this season. And we didn't see this coming. We're in a strange spot. I would encourage you guys not to turn this one off and go, Oh, I don't listen to the next one talking about finances again. No, this is incredibly important. It's simple. It's profound. And I just believe in Caleb. He's an incredible kingdom leader. So um, with that scope of finances said, and also in this moment where we know that a lot of you have lost things, we didn't see this pandemic coming. We didn't see the financial effects. And frankly, we're at a really low financial spot in our culture, in our economy right now, in our society. This is the moment we need to listen to those who have a good grasp of finances. With that said, I hope you learn as much as I did from the conversation with this financial expert, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. So glad to have you on Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Thanks for coming in, man. Alan, it's a pleasure being here. I'm, I'm really glad that we're making this work. Wow. So we are in the midst of crisis, upheaval. Um, the economy is going to be taking a long time to recover. I'm certainly no expert there, but we've been inviting wise kingdom financial leaders 
onto the podcast and you're one of those. Uh, and before we hit record, you were just sharing some of the concerns that you have for leaders right now. Do you mind sharing that with listeners? Oh, yes. I mean, right now is a critical time for leadership because I, and, and you look at what's going on, you look at the world, you look at the uncertainty and that's why everyone's freaking out is we do, we don't have a ton of certainty. And as believers, like there's, there's certain cert, like certainty that you have just by default, but there's no greater time to lead in a definite, powerful way. And unfortunately, I'm seeing people in ministry, people in business, people all over the map, not show up in a powerful way. And I, I say that more as a, like, this is, there's no greater time to step it up. And so, yeah, we can, we can talk about a lot of things on this, on this interview. I, what I shared with you going, like going in is I have 11 people on my team. And when this whole thing was getting a little bit tricky and yes, it's affected our business as well. I, I shared with our team that we are going to get through this. We may all have to take some sacrifices, but we are going to get through this and we're going to come out, um, out of this stronger because our message has never been more relevant in. And so, yeah, man, I, I'm, passionate about what you guys are sharing on your podcast and your show. And I feel really honored to be on here. Awesome. Well, man, it's so good to have you. And we got to know each other through a mutual friend who we both deeply respect, who has been highly influential to me in terms of a kingdom leader that's incredibly savvy, that's really helped pull a lot of what we're doing together and kind of zip up some of the uh, things that we're missing in our coaching process. And Caleb, we share this heart for healthy leadership. You you do that a lot in the financial area. That's not our specialty. We do so much around priorities, um, energy management. How are we taking our next right step? What should we not do? That's going to be crucial in this next season. And so talk about the role of discernment that leaders are going to need in this next season. We're not going to find a new normal. It's going to be a new different. So as leaders head into the new different, um, how is discernment going to play a crucial role in the lives and roles of leaders? I mean, discernment is is everything, and it's so interesting that you asked that question because when people ask Caleb, "How can I be praying for you?" like one hundred percent prayer request right there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this with a great assault because I it's a daily prayer that I have in my own life. But really, we talk a lot about ROR, standing for return on result, versus what most people in the financial service space look at as rate of return. And I think one of the greatest pieces of discernment that your audience needs to hear is what do they really, what, like, what do they want to do? Like, what does their business here for? Like, where do they really feel called? And don't just listen to do this. Like I'm a lot of people are asking me, should I invest in the market when it dips? Should I do this with my money? Should they're like, we're looking for hacks. And I, I just would encourage you to take a step back and ask the question, what results do you believe that God's put on your heart? What results do you really believe and that you can do and why you got in business in the first place? And what do you need to do with your time, talents, and treasure to mm. most powerfully show up in that way? And I think the biggest discernment that I can pass on is a lot of people are doing things for the wrong reasons, or they're taking a, a something out of context. And there's nothing on here. There's no secret that we're going to share about your money that's going to change your life. The reality is you are your greatest asset and what you're working on is probably matters a ton to you. And so figure out a way to most efficiently and effectively share that message. And that's, that's the discernment that you guys need to hear is reverse engineer what that looks like in your life. And I've heard this 10, 10, 10 principle a lot lately. And I love it is how are you going to feel about this next decision in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years. And there are, I think a lot of people living on pure adrenaline right now 
and thinking everybody else is making a decision. I should too. Or mm-hmm. people getting online and saying there's a lot of attention online. So I'm going to share something. Well, do you have anything valuable to share? And I would imagine there's going to be a lot of financial decisions probably already have been that way. A lot of scarcity mentality versus abundance. I love that you're bringing people back to generosity, back to the kingdom um, that is about abundance and not let me just hoard this. But at the same time with the wisdom of how do we wisely get through this? How do we take our next right step? Um, We believe that spiritual and practical are parallel tracks. They, they can cross so nicely and go in the same direction. Can you talk a little bit about that, kind of the spiritual undertones uh, to your work around finances and also the practical next steps? How do you marry those together in the financial space? Love that question, by the way. And this is this is super relevant to where we're at now because when someone comes in and works with us and, and wants to apply what we teach, the number one thing that we get super clear on is why it matters to them, what their why is, what they would do if ten million if they had ten million dollars or money wasn't an issue. And we ask like ten of the same questions to really get deep deep down to the core of how you really define financial success. Which, by the way, has nothing to do with money in a bank account. Has everything to do with intentionally living your life now and in the future. Like, show me someone who's intentional. They're wealthy. Like that's that's the first part. So it's having that having that clarity. And then asking the question, okay, what are, what are you currently doing with your money? What are you currently doing? I love that you mentioned value because money follows value. Like your ability to create value in the world, money's going to follow that. So you look at your ability to produce and add value. You look at the, the current assets and resources that you currently have. And then you look at your life, the consumption. Most people are over-consuming. And that's why we're in this big, this big problem is we're living paycheck to paycheck, we're consuming, and then we lose our paycheck, and then everyone's freaking out. And, and so we look at that and we ask the question, okay, this is what you want to do. So you get that vision, you get that heart, but then you, and I love the practice, being practical and asking the question, what is the most efficient way to do what God's called you to do? Not to get the best rate of return not to do what this, I love what you're saying about the whole, like everyone's starting a podcast all of a sudden and everyone's doing all these things. And it's like, okay, that's awesome. But is that actually what you need to be doing? Because this is a beautiful time. This is a beautiful time in our life to slow down, to reflect. And there's been multiple people that I've worked with. Yes, they've gone through a lot of hard things, but they're now saying, if I didn't go through COVID, I wouldn't have seen what I should actually be doing. And I would have been working hard and I would have been rich on paper, but I would have been miserable in 10 years from now. And so I would just use these time to get super clear and then do a real hard audit of your abilities, the money that's coming in, your assets, your liabilities, i.e. debt, and ask the question, how can I be most efficient in those four areas to live the kind of life that God's created for me? One of the things I'm hearing a lot along those lines, Caleb, is I had no idea how much extra money I was spending doing blank, uh, eating out, driving around town in gas, uh, spending it on dumb things, even businesses, subscriptions that we're not utilizing, things like that. Can you talk a little bit about some practical ways to really cut off some of the fat, some of the things that we don't need, but in times of excess, just we kind of bubble up and have? It's super interesting. We have what we call the better wealth model, which on a two line graph shows you how much you need to be saving because most people can't answer the most critical question. How much do you need to save to to continue your standard of living? And 98% of people in America are out of balance. So it's not just a like 
if you make a lot of money, you tend to spend a whole lot more money. So I just want to give your, your audience perspective. Like there's a, there's a good chance that 98% of the people listening to this are not in balance. And what does that mean is you're spending way more than you're saving. And as life continues to get more expensive, like th this, this is bound to happen. So some of the most common areas that I'm seeing people that are just overspending is, is just because you can with the bank, bank will allow you to overconsume. We're pretty much buying things that we can't afford. And, and, and it's not necessarily like you can't get a bank to say you can't afford it. It's like actually looking at you're just overspending. And so cars, houses, then you look at little things like, um, like you said, subscription. Um, I, I saw something on the news saying, should Netflix be free during this time? I, I, I bet their business model is, is, is skyrocketing, but we just live in a world where we love to consume and, and you have the Amazons of the world where it's so easy to buy. And so it's just, it, it's, it's that mentality. And then a lot of people, not your audience, but a lot of people don't have the mindset of like investing in an asset that will produce more. And so we're on this like treadmill, this rat race of, of making money and then consuming it. And one thing that I write about in my book is every time you spend a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, but you lose what that dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. And if you really want to be freaked out, get a future value calculator and start looking at the money that you're consuming and then add like a 5% over, over 30, 40 years your couple thousand dollars of going out to eat and doing all these things actually is going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars because of lost opportunity cost or not, not, you're not getting compound growth to actually work on your money. And so I know this is a lot of things, but there's the, the stopping the leaks, but then also understanding that when you lose a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, but you lose what that dollar could have earned you and served you or served the kingdom in the future. And that's the perspective that I think I have that when, when we get to serve people, like they see that every decision they make has a long-term effect, not just now, but in the future. I love that. Caleb, um, you are a young guy that thinks like an old guy and there's a lot of wisdom <laughs> that you have, a lot of discernment. Take that in the best, in the best sense. I feel like I'm young. You're really young to be leading at the level that you are. Can you reverse engineer that? How did you gain wisdom? How did you gain this kind of discernment that is well beyond your years? So just to give your audience a little bit of perspective, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin originally, live in Denver now, and grew up in a family, six kids, um, was super short for my age, struggled with dyslexia, and had a really pivotal point at 12 years old where my mom looked me in the eyes and said, Caleb, the things that you can't control, like your height, don't worry about, but the things that you can control, i.e. most things in your life, you have a moral obligation to go all in. Took that first job, worked at a chicken farm. Uh, so I have a, a, an appreciation for chicken sandwiches that most people don't. Mm, um, and, and actually, yeah, I started making some money and started investing. At the age of 17, got a job at a bank. And at the age of 19, Alan, I actually took over a bank's investment department. And so that whole journey up until that point, I, I had Christian men, I had secular business moguls. Like I had everyone across the board pour into me. And my family was not entrepreneurial, but my dad taught me something to be something really powerful to be pretty proactive and don't just look to be told what to do, but to be searching on how you can serve people. And I read a lot of books and, and my faith was really like important to me at a young age. And so all that kind of compounded. And when I was 19 years old, I, I just finished the book, um, Stephen Covey, seven habits. And I made a mission statement for myself. And the mission statement read, 
to help people see and reach their highest potential. And Alan, I, I'm going to get emotional here by thinking just through this, but like most people are unable to live to their God-given potential because they don't understand how to use money. And I like, it was so clear to me, like it was all of a sudden, it was like most people are literally slaves to the system. They are not their number one asset and they're definitely not serving themselves and they're thinking about themselves in that way. They're letting the market and other um, investments control their life. They're letting things like taxes rule over them. We, we're not saving enough. The cost of living is going up. I'm literally seeing people beat down over and over and over again. And I, so I'm like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And so I, I'm just, just I, I think if you reverse engineer my story, it's the humility to know that I'm not that smart and I needed to lean on other people, but then also the confidence that God has given me at a young age to say, if I wasn't going to find a better way, I'm going all in to helping people live to that highest potential. And so some people will be like, Caleb, you don't have any fear. And it, that's not true. I just want to serve. And so I don't really care if like, I don't care what you think of me. I just know that I can serve you in a way that can help you show up powerfully and, and do some amazing things because I've been taught so much. And so um, I had the pleasure of working there. And then at 21, actually left and started my own company. And, and, you know, three years later, we're, you know, in almost all 50 states, have a team of 11 and, and just have been able to do some really cool things. And it's literally just reverse engineering people and the power of relationships and seeking wisdom. And that's, that's my story in a nutshell. Like, I, I'm just so grateful for how God has poured into my life and the people that have, that he's put in my life to show me certain things. And I've also been going back to my mission and everything. Like, people need to live a more intentional life, and we show up to help people do that. Man, so much there in common. We talk about proactive versus reactive. Most people are reacting and getting lived by their lives. And then you just turn the dial up to 11 during crisis, and suddenly... You, you know, you're stuck if you were already slave to a system, already spending too much, whatever that is. I think that's one reason this crisis hit so quickly is because we had so little margin, so little reserves to this. And of course, we didn't see it coming. And so in, in so many ways, Caleb, I just feel like we have the same foundation uh, to what we're doing. So I thought we'd dig in just a little bit on that. Something that you said, we're in the change leadership business. We're helping to lead other people through change. So if somebody says... It starts with that. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So if they're they're hungry and they start change from there, what does it take to change from bad or deformed ways of living into healthy and proactive ways of living? Man, that is that is such a good question. There's so many ways that I could answer this. I'll say this: in college, I was very involved with Campus Crusade, and we did. Um, we actually started what was called the Purity Project. We did a poll and we realized that most people, Christian men, were struggling in this area of, of being pure. And so we were like, okay, we're going to do something about it. And what we found was we gave people the opportunity, the space to share what's really going on. And I feel like that that is one of the, the things that needs to be present is if you really want to make a change, if you really feel like you're not feeling it, you feel like there's just a lot of things going on and nothing's working in your in your favor. Like the first thing that I would encourage you to do is find someone and really process it out and be honest with yourself. Because Alan, you know this, 
so many people are not honest with with themselves. And and so the first part is to get super clear on like what what's going on and why. And then and then usually the problem is people don't know that they have a problem and they don't actually know what the problem is. Once you have that and you have a clearly defined like desire, then it's just finding out the people that can actually help you get there. But I would say a lot of a lot of people would answer this by giving you something to look forward to or something to a quick fix or maybe like a book or whatever. And I'm saying do some surgery on your heart now because if you don't get that right, I don't care. Like let's let's use money as an example. I don't I don't I could help you with tactics and help you make more money and be, do better ways to save and use your money. But if you're broken inside, wealth is not going to help you live a more intentional life. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what I really feel like just how to answer that. Hey friends, Alan here. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, what you may not know is that I spend a majority of my week coaching leaders. Now you may not be familiar with leadership coaching, but leadership coaching is a way to clarify your next steps so that you can move, you can advance, and you can climb your leadership mountain with clarity. Now, if you're feeling extreme amounts of overwhelm and anxiety about the fall getting here, you are not alone. We're all feeling it. What a crazy season we've navigated. We've kind of hit the pause button in some ways for the summer. But this fall, guys, I believe it's going to get real for leaders. Now, I get the privilege of coaching business leaders, ministry leaders, and nonprofit leaders to take their next right step. And they usually say things like, oh, I'm feeling so much more clarity or I'm less overwhelmed than when we started this process or this session. And what's exciting to me is that we are adapting just like you are in this season. Everyone's talking about pivoting and flexing and adapting. Whatever word you want to use, we cannot continue to lead in the same way as we were before COVID. And that's true of us as Stay Forth Designs as a coaching team. So as we've thought and prayed about this, we understand that budgets are limited in this next season. We understand it may be a big investment to invest in 10 tools in 10 sessions like we regularly do. So after much thought and prayer, I am beginning a process called a coaching subscription. Now, a coaching subscription looks like every month getting coaching input on your life, getting a session, but also getting some follow-up check-ins with me over the phone and some Marco Polo communication. We'll have a basic plan and a hearty plan, and we are adapting this so it can fit within your time frame your budget, and your schedule this fall. So we're really excited to launch this new coaching subscription. I'll be walking alongside of leaders the rest of the summer and this fall. Spots are limited. So if you're interested in this, just head on over to stayforth.com backslash coaching. That's stayforth.com backslash coaching if you're interested in a coaching subscription with me. Yeah, that's good, man. So um, the brokenness inside, we, we've all got it. Faulty living, faulty uh, or th- faulty thinking leads to faulty living, those mindsets that are you know, kind of working their way out. Um, I'm curious, what do you see God doing in people's lives and hearts amidst this crisis? You're close to leaders in a lot of different spheres. What do you see God doing or shaping in people's lives and hearts amidst heartbreak and crisis and unknown? Yeah, I had one of my clients two weeks ago call me and really is having a hard time, had to lay off 60 people in one day. And one of the things that we were talking about is he said, Caleb, like, 
it's, it helps me with perspective because that happened. But then at that same time, he had two people in his family pass away, not, not COVID specifically, but just through other diseases. And it was interesting perspective that God was giving him because it was like, yes, in the midst of all this stuff falling apart, he realized that his family and what he, and he was also a believer and just like, that was like really a key thing. And so I'm seeing two types of people in this time right now, people that are, are afraid and quite frankly, Alan should be because they've realized that how they've lived their life, how they've said, like, they're really, they have no control. And I think, I think the reason why our message is going to be super relevant is like none of our clients lost money. In fact, we're like setting them up to be in more control during this crazy time. And so on one hand, there's a lot of fear going on, but the message that we're sharing, and by the way, when this whole thing kind of hit the fan, I had, I had a special message for the people and I, and I was just like, guys, wealth is all in the, how we think. And I'm not about just being positive to be positive because there's some really bad things happening, but I'm telling you, what's the, what's, what's the result? Like what, like what, what are we actually going to do in this time of crisis? And, and so the other side of the coin that I've been seeing people, um, and a lot like yourself, we hopped on and I'm just feel super encouraged just by talking to you is saying, yes, things are different. Things are going to be tough, but what are the opportunities? What are the ways that we can serve people? And in everything, like I want to remind your audience, more millionaires were made after 2008. Why? Because there's so much opportunity. And so in this, in this time of crisis, there are opportunities for people to rise up and there, there might be like a, there might not be any better time to share your message or to start your business or to do something because there's no other, like you have to. And so that's, that's the perspective I'm seeing fear and, 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 and then the, the people that are not just blindly optimistic, but they're saying, I'm going to take the, the abilities and the mindset that I have, and I'm going to really make the most of this. And those are the two types of, of things that I'm seeing. And I'm, I think uh, I'm just grateful to be surrounded by people that um, happen to just be super positive. Yeah, the the people that I'm paying attention to right now, and who I want to be led by and influenced by are realistically optimistic. They start with the realism that frames it. This is a big deal. You will remember this for a long time. You will lose something. I lost a lot in about three days. And a lot of opportunities cancel, 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 cancel. And so I felt the weight of it quickly. But then exactly how I wish um, that that I am pivoting, that I'm communicating is saying, but what are the opportunities on the other side of this? And I think that realistic piece, but then that hope, people want to follow hope. But like you say, not just hope um, that's blind or false or just getting people hyped up, but it it says there are people who've been here before. I haven't. I haven't been through a major crisis that affected family, you know, and four kids and all that. But what we were talking about before this is that we actually decided to expand our coaching team, because unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of leaders struggling uh, during this time. And so we want to make sure the army is ready when we can serve more people. And I think it's a fine line, Caleb, I'd love to hear your perspective on this about seeing opportunity. Entrepreneurs solve problems, they see people's pain points, they solve problems, and they seize opportunities. But if we are too opportunistic, then it can be like we're taking a crisis and trying to uh, capitalize off of it, get rich off of it. So what do you see as that fine line between seizing an opportunity and being too opportunistic during this time? Yeah, great, great question. I'm, I'm a, 
hardcore capitalists. <laughs> so I believe the fundamental view of being in business is you're adding value. And so I think the first, the first perspective is, are you adding value or are you using this as a marketing toy to try to get stuff like get money? But if your heart is pure, don't fear marketing. In fact, I want to share with you, I hired two people in the last 30 days. One, we're, we're coming out with a documentary. Why this time is because some of the other things like our event needed to be postponed. And so I want to take that money that we were going to be spending to our event and put it and double down into an actual documentary that's going to come out in 2021. So that's a mindset from, from my perspective. It's a long-term investment. But I'm saying now is the time because people like, like, trust me, people are going to be starting to think about money differently about what they've been taught differently. So that's an example. And then also someone in operations, because we are working, like we're doing surgery on our own business during this time as it's not as busy. We're making sure that we're able to scale and, and you know, continue to serve people. And so those are two examples of like, I'm not trying to um, take advantage of the situation, but as an entrepreneur, I know that our message has never been more relevant. And so I'm looking for opportunities and, and I'm able to get the dream team maybe at a discount, by the way, because they're not like, there's not a ton of people filming right now. So I'm able to get this person at a discount because of what's going on. And I don't think of that as taking advantage. I just think of that as being wise. And I truly believe that the more people that get introduced to what we're doing, their lives are going to be significantly better. And so I don't have a problem with marketing and doubling down in this time. Um, and I also am extremely empathetic because you might be listening to me and being like, wow, this kid is so young. He's, he's really full of like, I, I, I want this to be taken in context. Like I have been blessed to learn from people that have gone through stuff like this. And I also, when people come in, I'm extremely empathetic because it's not necessarily our, our fault on where we are. It's really what we've been taught. And one of the things that fires me up, Alan, is I, I want to start changing the education and how we talk to ourselves and, and how the system teaches us about money. Because unfortunately, this, this is going to continue to happen because of how we, how we, our low savings rates and where we save and invest because we're fully dependent on, on institutions that don't necessarily have our best interests in mind and control us at the end of the day. Hmm. Well, Caleb, it's, it's obvious that God's given you wisdom beyond your years. And I personally like hanging out with old guys and people who've been here before, and they just give us such a grounded confidence to say, yep, been there before, been through 9-11, been through the crash of 2008. We've, we've seen this before. It looks different. It feels different. Maybe we're in a worse spot individually and financially um, right now. And so that makes it um, so real, so quick. We didn't see it coming. So I just think, Caleb, that we need leaders of resolve right now to continue to lead. And if you're listening to this, and let's say you're just over 40 or 45, you've been through some things, I would encourage you to lead down and lead well, to encourage, to, to over-communicate, to bring hope, uh, to frame it in reality. You've been through this before. You saw your parents live through this. Like I just want to encourage you that younger leaders need you because many times they may feel like the world is falling apart. Um, and I feel like vicariously, I've gotten so much of that. We recently had Ken Costa on the podcast, amazing British accent, a guy who's been in the biz for 40 years. It was so grounding to talk to him, to say, this is real. And yet what we know about God and also what we know 
about making healthy decisions will propel us in the future. So, uh, Caleb, I love what you're doing. We always want to get kind of a peek into health for leaders. But instead of asking about you today, I want to give for you to give two or three suggestions for somebody that's feeling either in kind of a leadership hole or a financial hole right now. What would be two or three healthy practices to begin right now in the midst of this time? Oh, wow. Um, the, the first thing that I would do is take an audit and, and just really look at where things are at and cash flow. Cash flow is king, really. And so making sure that like you just get a big picture, and I would write this down. When you track your money, you control it. And the first, first big issue that a lot of people have is they don't have, they don't have a way to track what's coming in, what's going out. And so they just feel like they, they have a lack of control. And then the second thing that I want to encourage everybody is when that, that's in place, during this time, please have the self-discipline not to try to jump on a new opportunity or, or to say, oh, I lost all this money or I, like, I need to get lucky or I need to take this. Like, have the discipline to be really to be pig-headed when it comes to what you do with your time, talents, and treasure, i.e. money, and and really sow into the things that are that again are going to bring you closer to living the life that God has put on your heart. And that could look like, and I just want to give some examples, it could look like investing in the kingdom. <laughs> like it makes no sense, quote unquote, financially. And I've come to to understand that like there's so much there's so many other factors that you can't necessarily put a mathematical equation to. Um, it could be starting the business that you knew that you needed to start. It could be investing in the market. It could be paying off some debt. Or I would encourage a lot of people to just save your money in a boring old savings account right now because the people that have access to capital, we call this the golden rule. The people that have the gold make the rules. And what you're finding is in a time of like this, the reason why there's a lot of people that made a lot of money in 2008 is when you have access to capital and you're able to think clearly, and when everyone else is freaking out, they're making bad decisions. And, and usually when people are making bad decisions, there's a ton of opportunities. And so I would do whatever I could with my money, starting with tracking it and then putting it in a place that I could think clearly and have that abundant mind. And, and that, that is a greater asset than uh, a quick opportunity or investing in, in some, something that you think could shoot up because of what's going on that's going to serve you much better when you think of the long term and and for the kingdom. Caleb, this is great, man. We can continue to talk about this. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. There's so many of you leaders that are listening that have not considered finances as a piece of your health. Maybe you've thought about how you're going to work out, how you're going to eat well, how you're going to budget your time, but have not budgeted your finances. Many of you listening don't have much margin for error. You're maybe in nonprofit work, you're a side hustler, you're an entrepreneur, and you just simply don't have much space already. And so this is crucial. Right now, we're going to continue to talk about finances. We're going to continue to speak into this area that we are not experts on at Stay Fort Designs, but we know experts, partners, Caleb, thanks for adding value today. Where can people find you and what you do online? Thank you so much for having me on. And I I just want to say this, Alan, your message has never been more relevant. So thank you so much for sharing this and inviting people like myself on. Um, People can find me at betterwealth.com 
betterwealth.com. That's our website, betterwealth.com. And, and there's a lot of resources. I, I came out with a book uh, over a year ago that um, really put me on the map, I would say, as far as like being able to speak into people's businesses and their lives. And, and so uh, your audience can grab a copy of that. And we have a lot of free resources and we're, we're really working like crazy to continue to provide value uh, because we know in, in this time, people might not be ready to make a decision, but they need help. And that's why I'm so grateful that you would have me on in this time because, again, I don't think there's a greater time. And it's super interesting because I know that we've had some scheduling conflicts, but I think there's a reason behind it. And so, Alan, thank you for what you do. And um, I'm, I, it's an honor to be on your show. Agreed, man. This is a crucial message for the moment. Thanks for coming on. And if you are listening to this podcast and anything here made you a little bit uncomfortable, good. We need that. We need to be dealing with and having uncomfortable conversations with ourselves, with others, with your spouse, family members, those you know and love. I don't just want to see us as the people of Jesus survive this season. I want to see us be generous. I want to see us give to kingdom work. I want to see us help those who are in need and continue to do what God has called us to do. I just want to leave you with one thing right now. What is one financial practice you need to start or restart in your life? What is one financial practice you need to start or restart in your life? As always, guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We're crazy enough to believe that you can get healthy and lead for the long haul. You don't have to lose your soul if you're going to lead at a high capacity. Guys, we pray for you regularly as listeners. What you do matters. Keep going. This is a complex time, but please, whatever you do, think proactive, lead healthy, and love well, my friends. So long.